listening to Leadership on the Ground, Season 3, The Rhythm of Leadership. Building on the fundamentals from Seasons 1 and 2, we now study the concept of rhythm and how team and organizational leaders use their energy and rhythm to achieve higher performance and productivity. This series is brought to you by the international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor, your source and reference for achieving breakthrough performance and productivity, and for leading yourself, leading teams, and leading organizations. And now, here are your hosts, Todd Schnick and Erica Peetler. Good morning and welcome back to Leadership on the Ground Season 3. I'm your host, Todd Schnick, joined by my friend and colleague, Erica Peeler. Good morning, my friend. Good to have you back in studio. Hey, Todd. Good morning and uh, ready to go this morning. I am too. Uh, and a great morning at Desk Hub Atlanta. Appreciate their hospitality. A fun conversation, an important conversation. Uh, I recall some dialogue you and I had in and around introverts and extroverts in season two. So today's conversation promises to be interesting. Before we go there, however, a quick overview of Leadership on the Ground season three, please. Why is this season so important? How does it differ from seasons one and two? In season one, we were talking about the fundamentals of leadership on the ground, the basic skill sets. In season two, we raised the bar and we said, listen, it's really important that we work at the speed of business in real time. And we gave everybody pointers on how to do that. In season three, we take it up yet another level and we look at a more macro perspective of leadership and we're looking through the lens of rhythm. It's really important that leaders have a rhythm in all that they do business runs with certain rhythms. So we're going to look at some structural ways that we can help leaders to set the stage for how they conduct business and how they lead their teams. You're going to hear us use words like facilitating, creating, owning, establishing, embracing, navigating, accelerating. It's still all about conscious competency, and it's still all about putting your leadership on the ground, and it's still all about performance and productivity, but now it's through that macro structural lens. All right. So this week's action word, embracing. So in the context of embracing personality hardwiring, walk us through that. Yeah, embracing. Embracing personality hardwiring. We all work with so many different people, right? I mean, we have different personalities. We have different hardwirings. And one of the things that we need to be able to work with in terms of keeping our rhythm in the organization is we want to make sure that we're taking advantage of the diversity of talents that are out there and we're embracing what each of them can bring to the party so we can make great decisions, but we also don't want to kill our rhythm, right? So we have to be mindful of how different hard wirings need to be embraced and utilized and appropriately integrated, but not necessarily end up killing our rhythm. Okay. Well, so help me understand that. So how does personality hard wiring and rhythm connect? I need to be sure I'm clear on that. Yeah, we have a couple of ways we could look at this today. So the first way, and I think probably one of the more instrumental ways to look at it is many of us have done our Myers-Briggs, right? You and I have talked about that, you know, in terms of you being an introvert and me being an extrovert. So, you know, when we look at how people use their energy, if people are extroverts, you know, they can have a runaway fast rhythm, right? They can kind of, you know, blow us away and maybe take up all the space. Slower rhythm for an introvert. Right. So just imagine the consequences of having introverts and extroverts on your team. Or if you're a leader and you're trying to establish a narrative, right? How do we make sure that your hard wiring and your natural introversion or extroversion preference is appropriately sequenced with what you're trying to do in terms of establishing rhythm in your narrative? So, you know, you can already see there's a, there's an entry point for us to really think about the differences of how rhythm could be uh, played out differently by hardwiring. No, I got it. But I suspect most organizations don't pay any attention to this. They look at us as cogs in a wheel and they try to insert us into a plan and hope it works out. 
we're not even thinking about it, let alone embracing hardwiring. Certainly the unconscious leader, but the consciously competent leader has a good, and I agree with you, this is going to be the majority of, of organizations out there. They're not thinking about this, but those that can think about this, right? Those that have had the benefit maybe of some of the learning of season one and season two, looking at the lens of season three and rhythm here, wow, is there a tremendous amount of leverage and opportunity if you can understand how to embrace these different personality tendencies and work with them. An extrovert and introvert is the probably the most obvious and the easiest. One of the biggest things is sensors and intuitives, right? And forget the word sensors and intuitives. There are just people in the world who love to get into the detail and there are just people in the world who love to get into the big picture. And depending on the rhythm of a meeting or depending on the rhythm of some communication, you might have people who are obstructionists or perceived to be obstructionists in the rhythm that you're trying to create. How many times have you heard a, you know, a person get criticized for being too much in the weeds, right? Slowing down a meeting, getting us off focus. Or how many times maybe have you been in a meeting where someone has a great idea, but people get frustrated because they don't know how to put it on the ground and we have a rhythm derailer, right? So those are examples too of how we deal with information. And, you know, there are going to be people who are more likely to jump on a new idea, Todd, and say, cool, let's go towards this future. This is great. There are going to be some people who are like, slow down, cowboy, need to understand how the details are going to work out before I can get on board. Those are rhythm challenges that a leader who's looking to keep that rhythm moving forward needs to understand in the people that they're surrounded by. Well, thinking about that and then these different personality types, I mean, this last week we talked about the importance of forms, right? And so I envision a scenario by which a leader says, okay, I get it. I understand the power of these forms. I understand how to do them properly, how to time them properly, how to sequence them properly. And then they shove a bunch of introverts into it. (laughs) And the thing collapses. I mean, the rhythm is broken. Talk about that. I mean, so talk about introverts and extroverts and how that plays into the rhythm. Yeah. So, you know, facilitating the progress and aligned action. So, you know, why does a leader need to be a facilitator today? We started at the top of the, uh, the program in season three with that because today's leader needs to be consciously competent that people have different hardwiring, that someone is not just not interested in telling you what they're thinking. They may be thinking about it in their head and not necessarily sharing it. And that facilitator, that leader needs to say, hey, Todd, I know you're thinking about this. So let me just take a break in the action here, give you an entry point, want to hear where you're coming out on this so that we can facilitate, again, that room dynamic and keep the rhythm going versus leaving a meeting frustrated or a forum frustrated because we didn't have the input from everyone sitting in the room. We had passengers and we didn't have people who were really that active participant. Got it. Okay. Erica and I will return after this short break. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by the new international best-selling book, Leadership Rigor. This groundbreaking book will turn everything you think you know about leadership upside down. Leadership Rigor explores how to achieve breakthrough performance and productivity through leading yourself, leading teams, and leading at the organizational level. Author Erica Piedler outlines for her readers how to become change-ready leaders. Change-ready leaders are capable of embracing challenges with agility and optimism because they have the tools, models, and language to assess, structure, and facilitate solutions. Leadership is a skill that can be learned and practiced. Take the rigor challenge and ask yourself, do you want to lead mindfully and skillfully? Or do you want to subject your teams and organizations to your unstructured thoughts and approaches? The choice is yours. Will you rigor it? You can purchase Leadership Rigor on Amazon or by visiting ericpetler.com. All right. 
Kochnik back with Erica Peetler, episode four, Embracing Personality Hard Wiring. All right, so you touched on Myers-Briggs at the top half of the show. Anything else there that we should be aware of? The one other piece I might mention, too, is, you know, the difference between thinkers and feelers, how we make decisions. Some of us are super objective and come to a very quick, you know, answer, very quick decision. Some of us are more likely to integrate subjective, uh, circumstantial, situational conditions into our decision making. So we're feelers, we're thinking about how things are going to impact people. So that could slow down a decision or potentially change the rhythm. Thinkers a little bit more straight, narrow on the what's right, what's wrong. Feelers probably need a little bit more time to talk about what if possibilities. So that could be something that a facilitator, a leader in the room wants to really flesh out and really understand. Okay, I got that. But what about judders and perceivers? That's another Myers-Briggs element there. I mean, that, that potentially could be a rhythm killer. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, actually. On the rhythm, on the uh, judges and perceivers, that, that piece of the Myers-Briggs that actually kind of gives us a sense of how do we like to organize our world? How do we like to move through our world? Now, judges, those of us who, uh, you know, like to say, hey, let's get this done by five o'clock. We said we were going to hit this deadline. Let's do it. We're, we keep the rhythm going, right? The J's of the world, they are really interested in keeping the rhythm going. The perceivers of the world, a little bit more spontaneous, a little bit more go with the flow, rhythm killers. You could see how it's a little bit more on their terms when they want to get it done. They may not be in sync with the rhythm that may have been set up for a particular process or a deadline. So a lot of tension, a lot of controversy between these two different types of hard wiring that leaders need to be clear about because the perceivers could, in fact, derail some of the rhythm and the processes and kind of get into the psyche of some of the judges that are looking to maintain that rhythm. Well, I suspect, uh, talk about another rhythm killer, another thing that causes tension is this uh, this tension between task-oriented people and people-oriented people. Yeah, and that's, that's another way to look at it. I mean, forget, you know, the technicalities of a Myers-Briggs, just basically and fundamentally, you know, people come at the world from two different, you know, viewpoints. They're either task-based, and boy, I don't want to be in between anyone with uh, with a goal and a task because they're not letting anything get in the way of their rhythm. And then there are people who are going to take perhaps a little bit more of a circuitous route because they're people-oriented. And the rhythm there is different, right? You know, a task-oriented, you come into the meeting or a forum and boom, you're getting down to business. People-oriented feels a little bit different, feels a little bit more inclusive. And we need to, as leaders, embrace the differences and say, you know, when is a time for us to get down into task? And where is the time where we want to make sure that we're appropriately including and having some of that nice dialogue that provides some of that context and some of that comfort in the room? Okay. So another thought that I have that troubles me that I suspect is a, is a common challenge in organizations is, is, all right, it's one thing to understand someone's personality hardwiring, to embrace that, and to figure out how to insert it into the flow of the organization to keep that rhythm going. I suspect there's another challenge, though, that there are some leaders who try to change someone's hardwiring. Is yeah. that even possible? You know, not really. You can't really change someone's hardwiring. What we can do and what we spend a lot of time doing in the coaching profession, I spend a lot of time doing with my leadership journeys is you try to help people understand, look, your natural hardwiring sets you up to be in a certain space of preference, but you have to learn how to be flexible. You have to learn how to stretch and pivot. So it's not about changing, but it's about being socially aware, being personally aware, and self-managing yourself to be able to flex. Now, in some cases, most leaders that run into some problems is there's a difference between different hard wiring that you want to be able to embrace and just a wrong fit of right. a person, right? And I just want to make a, a comment or two about that. You know, we need to make sure that in the organizations that we're working with, that everyone is held to the same standards. 
And, you know, if people are working hard to flex and deal with their hard wiring and accommodate or try to work collaboratively with others around them, that's fantastic. But if they are not necessarily playing with the uh, other reindeers nicely and other folks in the sandbox, and they're just kind of being obstinate and saying, no, I'm not doing that. This is how I like to do stuff. That may be the wrong fit person for an organization. So as a facilitator of progress and aligned action, leader may have to make a call on that. Well, we're going to talk about talent development uh, later in the series, uh, but I'm looking back, Erica, to when I was in charge of large organizations and I was responsible for hiring. I never made any attempt to understand if the person I was about to hire was an introvert or an extrovert, whether they were a judger or a perceiver or a task-oriented person versus a people. I just I thought, oh, this person I think has the skill that I need for this job, and I hired him. I didn't give any thought to it. I imagine that's a common challenge. What are some quick advice on a management team? How do they understand who these people are to make the right decisions? Yeah, it's a great, it's a great question. Half of the, uh, the hiring is about, boy, do they have the skills and capabilities? Yeah. The other is, do they have the temperament? Do they have the flexibility, the emotional intelligence to understand not only who they are, but to understand who other people are? And, you know, we've seen such a migration now with great leaders and great teams that have a lot more awareness like we do about really kind of asking, hey, you know, your hard wiring is your hard wiring, but are you aware of your hard wiring? Are you aware of things that you have to be flexible towards? And are you aware of the fact that, you know, you're going to be dealing with a lot of different people in the environment? And do they convince us? Do they convince you that not only do they see that and understand that, but they're willing to pivot, they're willing to flex, they're willing to stretch and figure out how do we accomplish the goals that we want to. It's not just about me fitting into you. It's about me fitting into us and being flexible. Well, just thinking about, you know, you, you occasionally stumble upon these statistics that say 80% of the people in the workplace are unhappy in their job. I suspect it really boils down to this, right? That their management has no idea or certainly isn't embracing their hardwiring. You know what? That's probably a big part of it, that if you are thought to be seen, heard, and appreciated for who you are and what you bring to the party, that's what engages people today. And if a leader is not paying attention to that and recognizing that, you're right. They're probably not going to be as happy in that environment. <laughs> and then just thinking back to so far in season three here, I mean, without embracing hard wiring, there's no way you can facilitate progress or certainly have a line to action. You you can't communicate and get people buy in on that vision. And certainly, is going to, as we talked touched on earlier, that's going to make forums real hard. Absolutely. Absolutely. You can see just like in season one and season two, these are Lego pieces and they mm -hmm. all kind of come together. And the best leaders that are interested in that performance and productivity, putting their leadership on the ground in real time, they're taking also these concepts and they're creating the rhythm and understanding how they all fit together. All right. That's all the time we have for today. Tune in next week for episode five, Navigating the Dynamics of Life Cycles. On behalf of my co-host, Erica Peetler, I am Todd Schnick. Season three of Leadership on the Ground will return next week. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you then. You have been listening to Leadership on the Ground, Season 3. Today's episode is made possible by Desk Hub Atlanta, part of the premier network of shared entrepreneurial workspaces across the U.S. As Zoe Fox of Desk Hub Atlanta says, I'd say the best part of working at Desk Hub Atlanta is watching our community grow every day. Whether it's people chatting over a cup of coffee in the morning or collaborating on a project together, it makes it a fun environment for everyone. Reap the rewards of collaboration, networking, and synergy. Join the Desk Hub community today. Learn more at deskhub.com. That's deskhub.com. 
And thank you for listening to Leadership on the Ground, a leadership development series from IntrepidNow.com.